You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. PR measurement expert Katie Delahaye Payne goes on the record online. You take a very conservative engineering-oriented company like Raytheon and you show them a chart that says, you know what, here's a project you didn't get and you were invisible, and here's a project you did get, and these are multi, multi, multi-million dollar contracts. Here's a project you got and you were very highly visible. And all of a sudden, all of these very conservative very engineering-oriented folks are like, oh, well, I guess I get a better go out and get in front of the media. And thanks for joining me for another episode of On the Record Online. This podcast is recorded from the New Communications Forum in Palo Alto, California. If you're a first-time listener of the podcast, we do in-depth one-on-one interviews with journalists from the mainstream media, as well as, from time to time, conversations with influential bloggers, podcasters and newsmakers about how technology is changing and threatening to disrupt the business of media as we know it. I'm your host, Eric Schwartzman, and I am the founder and president of iPressroom Corporation. We help organizations integrate the web into their marketing communications and PR initiatives. Today, we have a one-on-one interview with Katie Delahaye-Payne. She is the founder of Katie Payne and Partners, LLC, and the publisher of The Measurement Standard and The One-Minute Benchmarking Bulletin. Her clients include Raytheon, Hewlett-Packard, and Southwest Airlines, and she writes a regular column for PR News. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, uh, you can get the feed at www.ontherecordpodcast.com. If you have feedback or suggestions for future guests, you can either send that to me at eric at ontherecordpodcast.com or post a, um, uh, a comment to my blog at www.spinfluencer.com. Uh, I also want to mention an upcoming guest uh, that we have confirmed for a future episode. Uh, we are going to be talking to Chet Rhodes. He handles the video podcasts for the Washington Post. Um, so if you subscribe to the show, you'll be amongst the first to get that uh, when it's completed. And now, without any further ado, I'd like to play for you the interview with Katie Delahaye Payne after this. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from my press room. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom, tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off. Katie Delahaye Payne, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me here. So you have been... uh, Working for 17 years, helping marketing marketers and communications professionals uh, make better business decisions with measurement. Mm-hmm. And you know, coming from the space of public relations, it's always a real challenge to be able to measure the effectiveness of a PR program. Um, you know, do you measure it based on the circulation of the news hit? 
Do you measure it based on the number of people that went to the website and read the press release? And, and, and how do you uh, measure the impact of all that on the strength of a brand or sales or any of those things? If you would, um, assume that uh, you know, this is, a let's say, a new business meeting and we sat down at the table and uh, I, I want to meet with you because I want to measure my PR program, but I have no idea how to do it. Where do we start? The first thing I'm going to ask you is, you know, what's the return on the investment that you want to measure? In other words, what's the return that you expect? I get to that point by saying sometimes you sort of have to force people into this thought process, but you sit there and say, okay, if they wiped out your department, what would be different? And if they doubled your budget, what would be different? If they, if 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 you were wildly successful, what would be different? What impact does your management expect you to have on the business? And if you go down, you know, to any group of people, I mean, the first question I'm going to ask you is, you know, who's your audience? What do you expect them to do as a result of listening to, you know, your messages to your PR, whatever? It's everything from I want to reach a whole bunch of eyeballs. I want to get my messages across. I want to generate leads. I want to generate click-throughs or clicks or whatever to the website. Um, I want to, you know, influence legislators. I want to make my community love me more. I want to influence the stakeholders. There's a million different reasons why people do PR. And so I start with, why are you doing this stuff? And then we work out the measures from there. So in other words, particularly when it gets into consumer-generated media and blogs and everything else, and you sit there and say, how do I measure that? Well, why are you doing it? I mean, are you doing it to assuage the ego of the CEO? Or are you doing it because you hope to generate sales? Or are you doing it because everybody else is doing it? Tell me that first. Once that's done, then I can figure out your measure. So I was reading um, a report, uh, analyst report, that said that one of the biggest um, reasons that more big companies and brands aren't uh, using new media is because there's no standardized measurement. And certainly, whether you buy into the numbers or not, the Nielsen uh, ratings on television are very standardized. And so the business of advertising has some numbers to support the ad buy. Um, what, if anything, uh, are we doing or are you seeing um, behind standardization of metrics for the PR industry? Oh, standard, for the PR industry, I think, I mean, we're using the same numbers that advertising is using. We're still using audited circulation figures. We're using eyeballs. We're using all the same those kinds of numbers um where it gets really tricky is new media because if i mean i can tell you that the wall street journal audit circulation is 1.9 million and if you get a story in there that contains your key messages you can safely assume that 1.9 pm 1.9 million people had the opportunity to see your key message you can't compare that to showing up in um you know, Steve Rubell's blog. I mean, there's just no numbers behind that. There's no numbers necessarily that can compare with um, uh, Salon.com versus the Washington Post. You can't sit there and say, oh, it's all the same eyeballs because they really the numbers don't work that way because um, the numbers that you get from the 
even the the more or less respectable numbers from the online stuff is still it's some of them are unique visitors some of them are you know um unique visitors versus regular visitors versus whatever and is it per month per week per whatever so there's a whole bunch of junk that confuses the issue the um um online marketing um i'm gonna forget the right acronym here but they're they're working towards standardization but remember the traditional media has been doing this for seventy five years and they've gotten those figures for seventy five years. New media is you know much newer about what numbers and they really do not have any agreement about what numbers they're using so i mean there's there's very standard numbers for traditional media it's the new media that gets pretty fuzzy and squishy so a lot of uh, financial gurus will tell you. If you have a stock portfolio, don't watch it from day to day. Look at it over the long haul. Um, how often should companies measure uh, the impact of their PR programs, and and how do they measure it in a time frame that will um, insulate them from knee-jerk reactions? That's a very good point because, I mean, it's the knee-jerk reactions that you want to really be careful about. Most companies are looking at results on a monthly basis. Um, I advise people to do it. When do you need your decisions? You know, when do you make decisions? If you, if you're making budgeting decisions in August, you want your data on hand in July. And if you have a chance to revise your budgets in October, you want the data in September. It's when do you need the data, and how often can you make decisions based on it? Most companies today are making decisions on and, and reporting data on, at the very least, quarterly basis. 10, 15 years ago, it was annually. Now it's quarterly or monthly. Um, there are, you know, some companies that want to look at everything every week, um, but mostly it's monthly or quarterly. Um, what in all your experience, is the most single most unexpected, surprising results you've ever found in, in a measurement campaign? The, the probably the, well, there are two that always stand out, and I have probably more than that, but there are two that stand out in my mind. One was we did a project uh, for Hewlett Packard a number of years ago where the bosses that be were absolutely convinced that the reporters were um, factually inaccurate. There was a tremendous number of inaccuracies in what was being reported. And we analyzed 500 stories. I want to say this is about printers, but I couldn't. It was long enough ago to remember that 500 stories, and we looked at every single story um, for accuracy, not tone. I mean, we looked at tone too, but basically it was, did it accurately portray the product, the information, etc.? 500 stories. Of those 500 stories, there were five that contained inaccuracies. Of those five, one was negative. Four were inaccurate because they got the name of the product wrong. And one, because they misplaced a zero in the price, and that was the only negative one. 
So when you sit there and say, oh, the, the press gets it wrong all the time, well, no, out of 500 stories, there was really one negative bad story and four that were had the name of the product wrong. That was that always is, I always use that as, you know what, you know, the press really doesn't get it wrong that much. I mean, they are, the press is probably 80% neutral, you know, 10, 15% positive and 5% negative. I mean, that's what we sort of typically see. So that doesn't surprise me, but the fact that they were as accurate as they were actually surprised me. The other one that I think is still sticks in my mind that I find fascinating is, is we do a project for Raytheon, and uh, we actually correlated. I mean, they were sort of looking to see what impact does all this PR stuff have on our program, and there was an inherent belief in public relations. It wasn't that they had to justify their existence, but they were really looking to see, you know, for some of these big, hot uh, uh, contract issues, was PR having an impact? And what we found was that the more exposure that they got on these high-visibility contract issues, the more likely they were to get them. And you take a very conservative engineering-oriented company like Raytheon and you show them a chart that says, you know what, here's a project you didn't get and you were invisible, and here's a project you did get, and these are multi, multi, multi-million dollar contracts. Here's a project you got and you were very highly visible. And all of a sudden, all of these very conservative, very engineering-oriented folks are like, oh, well, I guess I get a better go out and get in front of the media. And it completely shifted the attitude towards PR because they understood that there was, in fact, not a direct correlation, not something that I can statistically prove that says that I reached 10 million eyeballs and therefore I got a $10 million contract, but that there was a connection between visibility and likelihood to win the contract. So so in the, in the latter case, uh, there's a... Uh, you're able, based on quantitative information, to show how it helped the company. Yes. But on the first case, in the the example you gave for HP, uh, you know, it seemed like the qualitative impact of one story uh, wasn't much. Well, but it, you said that it was. But when you looked back at the numbers, uh, it was only one story. But still, that one story apparently must have had a big impact because people were talking about it and people thought that everybody got it wrong. Well, they, they internally they talked about it, but it, externally it had very little impact. But do you really know that? I mean, isn't there a danger in um, using metrics and numbers to evaluate what is really a qualitative exercise, uh, the preservation of a corporate reputation? Well, this is the, this goes back to um, the conversation that Shell Israel and I have been having for 20 years now about how, you know, you should measure this stuff. And he and I got into our first argument 20 years ago about measurement. And, um, and I finally conceded the argument because I think that there are some things that you – don't need to measure because you're not going to wipe them out. You're not going to, you're always going to value at this point in world history or whatever, corporate history. There's a belief that corporate reputation is important and you're probably not going to wipe out your PR department just because, you know, the budgets are tight. 
Um, there was a presentation today about blogging where it was very clear for Quick um, Intuit at QuickBooks, and it was very clear that the interaction with the customers was helping the organization, helping the reputation. Fine. It's not, in those cases, do you need quantitative measures to prove the existence? No. However, you may want some quantitative data there to know what's working and what's not working and what's working better and what's not working so well. Um, There is some very, very good quantitative data that you can pull out of public relations measurement or public relations analysis that's going to make you make better decisions. So, for example, if... um, if my strategy is to go out there and um, aggressively target local media because I think that they're going to be more receptive to my story, and when, in fact, the numbers show that my messages aren't being picked up by the local media because they don't have time to go out and talk to each one of them and explain their messages, and the data comes back and you say, okay, on a cost-per-message basis... I've put this much into targeting local media, I've put this much into targeting trade media, and I've I've put this much into targeting business media, which is the best return on the investment for the dollar? And I can sit there and say, okay, well, it's better to target the business media because that's where we'll reach the biggest impact. I mean, I just had this conversation with somebody downstairs about the fact that, yeah, it makes logical sense to go out there and go after local media. But in terms of the actual net impact of how many people you've reached with your key messages that are actually going to buy the product, that actually move the needle, that actually generate click-throughs on the website and, and leads, it's the business press. It's the national business press. So I would say, you know, database decision-making, right? Go after the business press, forget the local guys until you've got – you know, more resources than you know what to do with and can go squander them on the local press. You uh, discuss the Cheney shooting incident on your blog, and you note that Cheney did not implement a good response plan because his definition of success did not take the media coverage and the comments made on the late-night talk shows into consideration. Uh, To what extent does this example highlight the importance of having an appropriate definition of success And do you think government bodies have skewed the definition of success in general? I think government bodies have ignored any definition of success. If you read, there's a, um, I did a a study, Karen Hughes's assignment to improve the reputation of America. No measure of success in any of the stuff that she's said the whatever it is, $14 billion worth of American taxpayer dollars spent on, um, I may have put that number wrong, but on, uh, on public relations by the Department of Defense. Not a single measure of defense uh, of, of success ever articulated. I mean, I was somewhat being facetious about Cheney because obviously, you know, he probably didn't have any measures of success, but neither does anybody else. And I have had lengthy conversations about the PR efforts by the Department of Defense, the Department of State, and nobody is concerned at all about measuring success. They're very concerned about, you know, putting the contracts out there and making it look like they're attempting to 
get good PR or, or communicate well, but there is no measure of success. Rendon Group has a multi, multi millions of dollars. Lincoln Group is another one. They all have these huge PR contracts from the government. There is no measure of success anywhere. There's no accountability for any of that money. It, the notion of accountability in this particular phase of our history is non-existent. They don't care, as far as I can tell. And what percentage of PR campaigns, I mean, if you were to evaluate the whole industry as a whole, all the money that's spent on public relations, do you have any uh, idea what percentage of those initiatives are measured? Well, according to the surveys that I've seen, now this is self-reported, so it's not like I've gone out there and actually checked. Um, but according to the surveys, it's 60 70% of the people out there say they measure their success. I mean, depending upon which survey you're looking at, they say it's everything from, you know, 86% down to about 60% say they measure their success in one way, shape, or form. Now, are those measures of success relevant to the business goals, and are they the right ones, and are they, you know, who I don't know. Self-reported data says that anywhere upwards of 80% are measuring their success. Can you say, you know, that there are the three top most important things to measure? Yeah, I, I would say that, that the, if you measure nothing else, you should, st- you should start with measuring outcomes. In other words, what is the behavior that you want from this? Not the number of press releases sent out, not the number of column inches, not the number, even for that matter, not even the number of eyeballs. What do you want people to do as a result of your efforts? Do you want people to click on the website? Do you want them to call you? Do you want them to buy? Do you want them to vote? Do you want, what do you want them to do? So that's the number one. That's the most important. But is isn't the it difficult to, to tie back any outcome or action to one single act, one single it, No. Tactic? I mean, if you, look at, if you look at Southwest Airlines, they can tie back from, because they put a unique URL in every press release, and they know that they get much more exposure than this. But from that one single press release, you click through that press release, you know, you go on Google, it reaches the press release, it's got a unique URL, and they'll tell you, yeah, we sold $3.5 million worth of tickets as a result of this press release. And they know exactly, because that's the beauty of the web and online media and everything else, is you can track, you know, who's clicked on it and who's done what with it and who's downloaded it and all those things. So there's, that piece of it is easy. What's The other thing that's important is to say, okay, I want to sell tickets, therefore I'm going to measure ticket sales. But you also need to measure exposure so you know how many people actually saw the messages. And 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 you need to know that, you know, I did X, Y, and Z in order to get this stuff out there and to have this outcome. So you need to not just, just measure the outcome, and that's, if you measure nothing else, measure outcome. But if you have a little bit more money, measure the exposure and the outcome so that you can then integrate it, correlate it, and figure out what's working and what's not working. Who should do the measuring? Should it be the agency or the client? Oh, you got me there. This is tough because many of my clients are agencies and they're measuring their own results. And I would say that that's like the chicken, the the fox guarding the chicken coop, or somebody said the, the the goat guarding the cabbage patch, which I think is sort of a more charming approach. But, um... I think that it should be uh, 
done, I think it should be treated like a business. And for the same reason that Enron got into trouble because its accounting firm was auditing itself, I think the agency should not audit themselves. I think there needs to be an independent outside entity that is looking at the stuff and being accountable. And we we have won business and, and won arguments about why measurement needs to stay in there because if you're spending upwards of, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 million dollars on public relations and you do not know what you're getting for that and or the agency is measuring itself, that's unethical. To me, it's not right. It's 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 every bit as bad as, you know, Anderson measuring itself or Merrill Lynch measuring itself or anybody else. It's like you really need more accountability for the dollars that are being spent. If you're spending $50,000 a year, you know, no, you don't necessarily have to go out and get an outside firm. But if you're spending $50 million a year, you damn well better have some outside accountability, because otherwise, who knows what the money's going towards. And uh, just a personal question. I mean, do you find that you measure other things in your life more than most people because right. that's your business? Yeah, I really do. I mean, I, we it's very interesting because we we I spend a ridiculous amount of time figuring out our own measures of success. Um, from you know, our measure of success corporately is revenue per employee. That's, you know, because you become what you measure and you want to become more efficient. But we look at everything from what's the cost per minute spent with prospect. We analyze our own press. We analyze our, we spend hours every month analyzing click-throughs and unique visitors and downloads. And we compare the results and we spend hours trying to figure out why um, the results from um, site metrics or whatever are different from the ones from Cheetah Mail or the different from the, you know, none of these numbers match up. And part of that exercise is to realize what our customers go through because our customers aren't any, you know, better off than we are. And we're sitting there looking at three different sets of data that don't match up and scratching our heads going, how come? Um, so, yeah, I mean, for the ultimate irony is I haven't balanced my checkbook since 1973, but I can tell you you know, to the person, how many, you know, people were on my website last week. So you can't tell me how many square feet your office is. No, not a clue. Or how many miles there are on your car. Mm, no. Or uh, where they have the best <laughs> price on milk in your hometown. No, probably not. Well, this is only one place to buy milk. That's not quite true, but it's almost only one place to buy milk. I can tell you how far I run every morning and okay. a couple how of other things. How far is that? I, up until December, it was about four miles a day. That's impressive. Then I had knee surgery. Now it's like I'm now I'm lucky to get out there for about a mile and a half. But. Oh. Well, anyways, it's uh, it's it's quite late, and I want to thank you for sticking around to uh, to talk to me. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.